Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Sheikh Jalal al-Shami. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ask Allah azza wa jal to send peace and blessings upon his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today inshallah we continue our uh, series of the common misconceptions among the Muslims. Uh, and today we start with the chapter of zakat, common misconceptions in regards to zakat. Zakat as a whole, I would say, in my opinion, is a very um, um, sort of under, uh, or, or it's a topic that a lot of people uh, don't have a lot of knowledge about, even though it's the يعني, third pillar of Islam. After shahada and salah, we have zakat. Most people, they know they, that it's one of the pillars of Islam. They know that it's in regards to money, you pay zakat. But in regards to the actual rules of how much to pay, when to pay, what to pay, who do you pay it to, the details of zakat, I would say, is probably one of the most uh, in the overlooked and understudied a topic among Muslims. I remember you know, when I was you know, younger and I remember the first time I studied zakat, it was a whole sort of new world. Obviously, you hear about the concept of zakat, but actually studying it and knowing the details of it is very common among Muslims that they don't understand and they don't know. And this is a big problem. It's one of the pillars of Islam. It is something that every Muslim uh, يعني, needs to do once they have some money so especially those maybe part of the problem is that most Muslims really get the, is- the Islamic education when they're young and generally when you're young you don't have any money so <laughs> you don't really uh, study zakat uh, but it's important to learn it even when you're young so that inshallah when you get older when you start acquiring money you understand what zakat is. And obviously, if you're older and you're acquiring money and you have money, you have to know that, okay, this money, I know that there's something that Islam requires of me to do with this money and pay some of that money, so it's important as well that if you're a person who has, uh, you know, start to acquire wealth, that you have to know what are the rights of this wealth, okay, in regards to the zakat. So the first uh, uh, misconception or the first common mistake that we find among Muslims is apathy towards zakat. Yani just carelessness and people don't really pay attention to zakat. Or being lackadaisical towards paying it on time. They're lazy. And then I say there's a big problem in delaying paying the zakat on time. So this is a, the first problem the Sheikh mentions here in the book. So he said that this is an evil and a clear sin because zakat is the third pillar of Islam and a right upon the wealth. Thus, it is obligatory upon the Muslims to pay within the appropriate time period while enjoying doing so, while enjoying doing so, seeking to draw close to his guardian, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when a Muslim pays a zakat, we have to know that zakat is required at a specific time. Right? Just like salah is at a specific time. Can you pray whenever you want? No. I mean, there is... You know, sort of a, a start and end time of the allowable time to the to the prayer, but you can't just pray any time of the day and the night, which you wish. There's a specific time period. Likewise, zakat has a specific time period that needs to be paid. It can't be delayed. 
So to be careless or ignorant of that is a problem. As well, does anyone like to give up money? No. The nature of mankind is that they preserve their money, they hold their money. That's why we keep money in a special you know, place, in a wallet or a, you know, a safe or a bank account or something like that or a hiding spot, right? And that's why you know, we check and we want to try to find the best deals. We, we are stingy with our money. And there's no problem, that's human nature and that's important to be careful with your money. Or else if people were careless with their money, then people would be at a loss and people would be in hardship. But uh, a, a, a Muslim gives up some of his wealth for the sake of Allah because they are following the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they are actually willfully and happily and enjoy giving up their money because it is something that will get them the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So a Muslim should pay the zakat willfully and with happiness, not with anger and resentment and, and, and uh, you know, he feels that, you know, that he's at a loss. Because if he does that, perhaps he would have fulfilled the zakat, but possibly his rewards may be diminished or even invalidated. So we give our zakat to draw close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is our guardian, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our caretaker. Now a lot of the time people fear, as we said, parting with their money, giving up their money, because they think that maybe they'll need that money. You know, but who's the one who takes care of you? Who's the one who safeguards you? Who's the one who protects you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who's the one who gave you that money in the first place? Who's the one who ordained for that money to come to you and provided you with that? Ultimately, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who ordained for that to happen and gave you the means and created the means for you to get that money. Okay? And so it is a test from Allah who gave you that money and then He tested you to see whether you will comply with His order to part with a portion of that money. And we'll see that the portion is very negligible actually. But it is our desires that make us hold on to the money. Allah has threatened those who refuse to pay zakat with a severe threat. May Allah save us from it. Allah Ta'ala He says, وَلَا يَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ يَبَخَلُونَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ هُوَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ بَلْ هُوَ شَرٌ لَهُمْ سَيُطَوَّقُونَ مَا بَخِلُوا بِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلِلَّهِ مِيرَاثُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ and let not those who covetously withhold of that which Allah has bestowed upon them of His bounty think that it is good for them. Don't think that you're holding on to your money, that's good for you. Sorry. Nay, it will be worse for them. What they withhold covetously and wrongfully and withholding of their zakat, that money will be wrapped around their necks on Yom Al-Qiyamah. It will be tied around their necks like a collar on the Day of Resurrection. And to Allah belongs the heritage of the heavens and the earth, and Allah is well acquainted with all that you do. So this is a very severe and scary threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, warning those who withhold the obligatory zakat of the punishment that they will. You love your money so much here, we'll wrap it around your neck. Allah will create a means how Allah knows. 
he will wrap it around their neck on Yom Al-Qiyamah. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, مَا مِن صَاحِبِ ذَهَبٍ وَلَا فِضَّةٍ لَا يُعَدِّ مِنْهَا حَقَّهَا إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ صُفِّحَتْ لَهُ صَفَائِحَ مِنْ نَارٍ فَأُحْمِيَ عَلَيْهَا فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمَ فَيُكْوَى بِهَا جَنْبُهُ وَجَبِينُهُ وَظَهْرُهُ كُلَّمَا بَرَدَتْ أُعِيدَتْ لَهُ فِي يَوْمٍ كَانَ مِقْدَارُهُ خَمْسِينَ أَلْفَ سَنَةٍ حَتَّى يُقْضَى بَيْنَ الْعِبَادِ The Prophet ﷺ, he said, There is no owner of gold or silver. So anyone who possesses gold or silver. So gold or silver was the currency back in those days. Today we have what? We have currency. You know? Dollars and cents. Anyone who is the owner of gold or silver, currency, wealth, money, and does not pay what is due on it in zakat, except that when the day of resurrection comes, plates of fire will be prepared for him. That gold and silver will be made into plates. And it will be heated in Jahannam, in the hellfire. And then it will made like an iron, you know, an iron, a hot, you know, the iron that we iron our clothes with. It's just a plate that's heated. So these plates will be heated and iron pressed on the sides and on the forehead and on the back of the person. And you know, when that hot iron, it presses until it what? Until the heat transfers to the body and it cools down, then it's heated again and pressed on his sides and on his forehead and on his back. Repeated over and over until the judgment ends. On a day which is 50,000 years long, the day of judgment. Okay? And so this is called, the iron, this iron is called branding. You know, like what they do to the cows? Have you ever seen in some of the movies? They heat the iron, they, tss, they press it into the cow. Right? Imagine that. And it being done, that it will brand his forehead and his flanks and his sides and his back. Every time they cool down, they will be reheated on a day the length of which is equal to 50,000 years until the judgment is passed among the people. So this is for the one who what? You want to keep your gold and silver? Your gold and silver will be a source of your punishment in Yom Al-Qiyamah. This is, not, this is just for the people who hold what? The zakat. Does that mean you are not allowed to be rich as, as a Muslim? You can be as rich as you want, but as long as you want, pay the zakat. But if you don't pay the zakat, that, that wealth will be a punishment for you. But if you have millions and millions of dollars and you pay the zakat, this is khair inshallah. No problem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ يَكْنِزُونَ الذَّهَبَ وَالْفِضَّةَ وَلَا يُنْفِقُونَهَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَبَشِّرْهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ يَوْمَ يُحْمَى عَلَيْهَا فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمَ فَتُكْوَى بِهَا جِبَاهُهُمْ وَجُنُوبُهُمْ وَظُهُورُهُمْ هَذَا مَا كَنَزْتُمْ لِأَنفُسِكُمْ فَذُوقُوا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْنِزُونَ and those who hoard up gold and silver and spend it not in the cause of Allah announce unto them a painful torment on the day when it will be heated in the fire of hell and it will be branded on their foreheads and their flanks and their backs. And it will be said to, to them, this is the treasure which you hoarded for yourselves, now taste of what you used to hoard. 
Okay, so people who hoard up, يعني they save and keep their gold and silver and don't pay their zakat. Okay, so as we said, you can own as much gold and silver and wealth and money as you want. As long as you pay the zakat, you're fine. Okay, do you have to pay more than your zakat? Even if you're multi-multi-millionaire, you pay your zakat and people ask you for charity or whatever, do you have to give them? No, it's optional. The zakat is obligatory. Giving extra, it's optional. If you give, of course, there's a lot of reward, a lot of goodness if you do. But if you don't, no one can blame you. No one can say that you're stingy. No one can say that you're bad. No one can say you're doing haram. Look how much money you have. There are people in need. As long as you pay your zakat, you are free of blame. Of course, if you do more, it's better. Right? So here the verse is saying those who hoard gold and silver, not necessarily those who have it, but those who hoard it, yani they withhold the zakat, and they don't spend it in the, in the cause of Allah, meaning they don't spend it in the zakat. The time for paying zakat and wealth, and that which falls upon the same ruling, is after one lunar year passes. So if a person has reached the limit that the sharia stipulated, that considers a person to be, of, to be rich, and he has that wealth for a year, he must pay it on the day that he kept that, that wealth. So let's say I just started working. And I started to, you know, let's say the limit, okay, is 85 grams of gold. 85 grams of gold in today's money is probably around $8,000. Okay? So let's say I just started working. And I'm a young man, let's say, you know, 15, 16 years old, got my first job. You know, where, where do people work now? They used to, they used to work in, uh, let's say they work at Woolies, yeah? Uh, I don't want to say that one. All right? Gets his first job at Woolies, stuck, stuck, stocking the shelves, right? And then he started to get his first paycheck, you know, $200, $300, works a few hours, right? In the week. And then he, you know, not necessarily, he saves all of that money. He might spend it. So all the money he gets, he doesn't have to pay zakat on it. Whatever he spends, he doesn't pay zakat. But what he saves, if you're a good boy like I was, right? You work and you save your money. Because you're still young, you don't need to spend it. Some people, they spend more than they earn. And he works, he spends all of his money and he gets pocket money from his dad. Because he wants to go out with his mates. Right? And buy food out. His mum made, mashallah, beautiful food, but he wants to buy takeaway. Right? And he wants to go here and there and spend his money. Right? Better, especially if you're young, to save your money for, yani for more important things. So if you save your money and you'll see, mashallah, your money accumulate. So once you've saved $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, you don't have to pay zakat. And until you reach the limit. Let's say the limit of gold, 85 grams of gold, about $8,000. Once you have that, then you have to start. Let's say, for example, in the first of Ramadan, you reach the limit. You don't have to pay zakat until you have kept it for a year. Once you kept it for a year, first of Ramadan, next year, you have to pay zakat. Why first of Ramadan? I didn't say the first of February. Why? Because we go by the, the lunar calendar. Why? Because the lunar calendar is shorter than the Gregorian calendar by about 10 days. What's the difference? Because that way, if it's 10 days longer, that means you have delayed in paying the zakat for 10 days. And so that's 10 days the poor could have benefited from your zakat money that you didn't give it to them. 
Imagine you're in need of money and someone tells you, I'll give you the money in 10 days. You would have died by that time. <laughs> so, no, we have to pay the zakat when it is due. On the day that it's due, you must pay the zakat. Okay? So, when, when a lunar year passes, you must pay the zakat. Can you pay it earlier? You can pay it earlier. But you can't pay it even one day after. You have committed a major sin. Okay? Thus, each year the Muslim purifies his wealth if his wealth has reached the nisab. The nisab is the, the minimum threshold. If he, if he searches for those within the eight categories of the people able to receive the zakat, it is not permissible for him to delay paying the zakat past its proper time, except if he has a valid reason supported by Islamic legislation, and Allah knows best. So the zakat must be paid to those who are eligible to receive the zakat. Okay? And inshallah, possibly we'll speak about those who are eligible to receive the zakat, but they are specified in the verse in the Quran, in Surah At-Tawbah, the eight types of people that can receive the zakat, which means that those who are not part of those eight categories of people, you cannot pay your zakat to. Even though it's a good, you know, like for example, can I pay my zakat money to build a masjid? Building a masjid, is that a good deed or not? It's a good deed, but it's not one of the categories that Allah mentions in the verse. So you can't use a zakat money for building a masjid. But you can use your, your sadaqah money, your charity, extra giving what's beyond zakat for doing these other good deeds. Okay? Point number two. Not showing concern for knowing the rules and regulations of zakat and having apathy towards learning, uh, uh, learning the wealth on which zakat is due and having apathy towards paying zakat in its proper time. So just a lot of people, as we said, don't care about, like if you ask majority of Muslims, do you know about the, do you know zakat? They say, yeah, zakat's one of the five pillars of Islam. Do you pay your zakat? Yeah, I just give charity. If you say the details, but do you know how much you're supposed to pay? Do you, are you sure you're paying the right amount? Are you sure you're paying it? Most don't even know. And they don't even care. They don't even care to know. They don't even care to learn. This is the problem. Okay, so that they're not, they don't care to know the rules of zakat. And they don't care to know, okay, if I have money, what type of money do I have to pay zakat on? That's why, like, subhanAllah, every year, because a lot of people, by the way, they like to pay their zakat in Ramadan. Correct or not? You've heard that a lot as well. Every Ramadan, people ask about zakat. But is zakat related to Ramadan? There's no relationship between zakat and Ramadan. You don't have to pay your zakat in Ramadan. But a lot of people like to pay in Ramadan. Either they think that paying your zakat in Ramadan is more rewarded. Is it more rewarded if you pay your zakat in Ramadan? If you pray your five prayers in Ramadan, is it more rewarding? If you be good to your parents in Ramadan, is it more rewarding? You have to be good to your parents all the time. You have to pray your five prayers all the time. You have to do what you have to do. If I go to work, do I, if I go to work, do I get more hasanat for going to work in Ramadan? I have to do it anyway. Paying your zakat is something you have to do whether you like it or not. In Ramadan, outside Ramadan. You don't get more reward for paying your zakat in Ramadan. But extra charity, extra deeds that you do from your own voluntary, from your own will, that inshallah is more reward. But things that you have to do, whether you like it or not, you don't get extra reward for it to do it in Ramadan. Another reason why a lot of people like to pay their zakat in Ramadan is it's easier to remember. Because as I said, we have to pay according to the 
lunar calendar. And most people, they don't even know the lunar calendar except when Ramadan comes. When Ramadan comes, everyone becomes an expert in the lunar calendar. Correct or not? Everyone wants to sight the moon, everyone becomes, gets out their calculator, everyone becomes a scientist, everyone becomes an astronomer. And everyone becomes a scholar, wants to debate all of the mashayikh as well. Okay? And then all throughout the year, no one knows anything about the lunar calendar. What month are we in now? Does anyone know what Islamic month we're in now? We're in Rajab. Very good. Okay. Most people, Hala Rajab, Sha'aban, they, you know. But if it was last month, Allahu A'lam. Who knows what last month was? Uh, see, that's a tricky one. See? Got you there. <laughs> that's Jumad al Ukhra. Jumad al Ukhra. Okay. That's why, this is as well another problem, the Muslims have been disconnected from their, from their calendar. And this is a problem. So we have to try always to be connected with our Islamic calendar. Try to have, for example, on your phone, try to have يعني, the, the, an app or whatever that displays the Islamic calendar as well. Try when you're writing the date, for example, in your work or in something that you're doing, write the Islamic date as well. You know, write the the Hijri date as well as the yani the the uh, Gregorian date. Okay, so that, that way we remain a connection with our Islamic calendar, or else it'll be forgotten and lost. Okay, it is obligatory uh, for the person with wealth to learn and to ask about zakat because it is an obligation upon him. Yeah, so what I was saying is that generally in Ramadan or close to Ramadan, we get a lot of questions about zakat. And people ask, subhanAllah, very simple questions. I, I, I bought a house last year. Do I have to pay zakat on the house? If you pay zakat on the house, the house is worth a million dollars, you pay zakat on it. Allahu Akbar. You don't have to pay $25,000 in zakat. Is that true or not? Every, every homeowner has to pay $25,000 in zakat. True or not? Have you heard of that? No. See, not every type of wealth, not every asset that you own, zakat applies to it. So it's important to know what type of wealth does zakat apply to, what type of wealth does zakat not apply to. Okay? If I have a car, do I have to pay zakat on my car? If I have a work car, if I have like a, some people have like a little get around car, side car, uh, I don't know, uh, what do you call it, a hobby, hobby car or whatever, Sunday drive, historic car, mawarishu. Right? Do you have to pay zakat on that? Right? These all these questions. Some people, mashallah, they have a wardrobe. Maybe, mashallah, it's valued uh, maybe a million dollars. They have all of these nice clothes that they have. You know, uh, do they have to pay zakat on their clothes? Their furniture, mashallah, they have nice furniture. All your furniture, you have to calculate how much it is and pay zakat on it. Uh, is it part of your wealth generally? Is that what you own or not? It is. Right. Is it an asset if you get desperate? Wouldn't you sell it on you know, Facebook Marketplace to make a buck, right? To, you know, if, you're, if you're in trouble, right? you would. But do you have to pay zakat on it? So a lot of these questions, a lot of people, unfortunately, ask. And they're very simple questions in zakat. And a lot of people don't know. And this is a problem not knowing. You have to know. So that way you know what zakat you have to pay and what you don't have to pay. What is exempted from the calculation of zakat? And what is considered uh, wealth that is uh, zakat is due upon? Okay, so it's obligatory for a person to learn and to ask about zakat because it is obligation upon him. It is your responsibility. And he will not pay it 
in the prescribed manner unless he learns the rules and regulations as it relates to the nisab, the types of wealth, the amount of zakat, and the paths in which it is given. So zakat has about five things you have to learn about it. Okay, The nisab, the, the threshold, the minimum threshold, the types of wealth, the amount of zakat, and, and those uh, uh, who receive the zakat. Okay, And as well, maybe the fifth one is the time, the time frame. Okay, so these are like five uh, things that is important to know about the zakat. The person who is lackadaisical in learning these matters will perhaps fall into prohibited matters without knowledge or earn sin by delaying the zakat or by not giving it to those who truly deserve it. Zakat is an obligation upon the wealth. In order to pay zakat in the proper manner which fulfills the obligation, the person must acquire knowledge either by studying or asking. Point number three, being careless in regards to giving zakat to those who deserve it. This is a big problem as well. A lot of people, they pay the zakat, but who do you pay your zakat to? This, this is a problem. Sometimes people pay zakat to someone who is not eligible to receive the zakat. Some people say, you know, my parents live overseas. And, you know, they're not very wealthy and they're doing a tough I pay my zakat to them. A'udhu billah. How can you, being a person of wealth, allow for your parents to live in destitution? You are responsible for your parents. And you ask whether I can pay zakat to my parents? This is not allowed. But this is unfortunately a common thing. Other relatives who you are not responsible for, are you allowed to pay zakat to them? You can. Okay. Paying zakat to charity organizations for building mosques, for investing in businesses. Some people they say, you know, we shouldn't give charity, we shouldn't give money to the poor. We'll set up businesses. So instead of giving money, zakat money to the poor people, we'll go and we'll buy a piece of land and build a big building and get like sewing machines and getting all the women of the village to come and to sew clothes and sell them and so on, make a business so that that way they can have a sustainable income. That's better than just give, handing out money to them and being dependent on cash handouts. You're not allowed to do that from zakat money. If you want to do that, do that from your charity, from your sadaqa money. But zakat money, you are not allowed to go and to do and sort of manipulate or control how the poor use their money. Maybe if you give the poor their money and then they get together and they set up a business. Because how do you know that doing a sewing machine factory is going to be beneficial to them? Maybe there's a hundred already in the, in the city. Maybe for them to get together and start a different type of business will be more beneficial to them. Don't control. You have no right to control how the poor use their money. Right? If they're eligible, they receive their money. What they do with their money is up to them. Unless, of course, there's exemptions to that if they are wasteful and so on. Okay, so being careless in regards to who deserves the zakat money. Some people, they have this zakat money, they just want to get rid of it. And sometimes they even give it to those who are not eligible for it. Allah Ta'ala stipulated who is eligible in receiving the zakat. As I said in Surah Tawbah, verse number 60, Allah Ta'ala, He says, Inna وَالْغَارِمِينَ وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَبِنِ السَّبِيلِ فَرِيضَةً مِنَ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ 
charity, zakat, is only for the fuqara, only entitled to be given and to be received as an eligible recipient, are the fuqara, who are the poor. Wal masakin, who are the poor or the needy. Some scholars, they say the fuqara masakin, are the same thing. Some said the fuqara are those who are in need more than the masakin. Some said the opposite. So either the fuqara or the masakin, generally we say they are the poor. Those employed to collect the zakat funds, to attract the hearts of those who are inclined to Islam, to free the captives, for those who are in debt, and for the cause of Allah and the wayfarer, a duty imposed by Allah, and Allah is all knower, all wise. So Allah has stipulated this, and Allah has mentioned, So it means that the sadaqat here means, sadaqat means zakat. The zakat is for none other than these. And now Allah says at the end of the verse, فَرِيضَةً مِنَ اللَّهِ Which means an ordainment from Allah. Allah has ordained this. So this shows that since Allah has stipulated and specified who the zakat are the recipients, who are the eligible recipients, so it means that other than them, it is not valid to give the zakat to those outside of those categories. Even though it's a good, it's a good deed building masajid, building hospitals, building schools, building whatever, building businesses to help the poor. These are all good things, but not to be given from the zakat money. Okay? These are eight categories of those who receive the zakat. Those who are unconcerned about zakat and so don't give it to someone within the eight categories, then the money he gives is not considered zakat. So if I give my zakat money to someone outside of these eight categories, my zakat has not been fulfilled. And therefore that it's not considered a the, the zakat being valid. And I have not fulfilled my obligation. The obligation will be still hanging on my, uh, on my conscience. So he has not fulfilled his obligation in that case. There are some people who give their zakat to anyone. Even if the person has enough to suffice him. They see someone who looks poor, they give him money. Khalas. Zakallah doesn't tell. You know, but maybe that person might seem poor to you, but maybe alhamdulillah he's getting by. You can't give your zakat to someone who has enough to fulfill his need. Maybe he's not a rich person, but he's got enough to survive. You don't give zakat to him. It has to be given to someone because there are people who don't have even enough to suffice them. People who are poor and miskin. So why give it to someone who can, who's you know, good enough and you neglect those who are in need? Okay? They do not search for the poor or others who can receive zakat from the eight categories. This is because they are too lazy to search out for poor and needy and this is not permissible and he will not be rewarded for this. So that's in regards to uh, the uh, the mistakes related to zakat. Inshallah, we'll start uh, next time. Inshallah, uh, mistakes regarding to fasting. Allahu a'lam. Wassallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ala Nabi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wasallam.